What's up, everyone? Welcome back to NFL here on Spark Talk, and today we have our Week 9 recap. But first, Wyatt has some news, so what's up? All right, so our first bit of news is uh, Cam Newton going on the IR, mm-hmm. I think it was today, uh, Tuesday to be exact, and well, I just wanted to ask the question, where do you think he's going to go? Um, it's hard for me to say until we kind of get a clearer picture on who needs a quarterback after the season. I know a big team that I'm sure people are going to try to push for is Chicago because mm-hmm. um, Matt Nagy is a very creative play caller. They have a great amount of personnel on that offense in the receiving core, um, in the running backs. Like, I mean, they have so much talent on that offense. Maybe a guy like Cam Newton can come in if he's healthy and be a complete game changer like, and make them legit. Cause, I mean, we yeah. saw what he did when he had pieces around him in Carolina, I mean, yeah. he got—he was elevated. You know, he became an MVP. Yeah, when he was 100% healthy. So, I mean, I don't know if the Bears—is that something the Bears would do? Um, but again, any other team, really, I'd have to see until after the season because I don't—I don't think a team like Miami is going to go after him, or or Cincinnati would go after him, or anything like that. Because I think those types of teams are going after younger quarterbacks. Um, but I think if there was a team that was in a win-now mode that needed somebody, I feel like they would go after him. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I, I like the teams that Bleacher Report came up. Except for one, they had Tampa in there, which it's like you know, like you shouldn't trade you shouldn't trade any player in the same division uh, now on a former MVP quarterback. Yeah. So I'm gonna disregard the <clears throat> Tampa with, situation with Bruce Arians and like yeah. and everything that Cam Newton does well, throwing the ball down the field. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, but obviously, the first team that they had was Carolina. We um, like just him staying there, getting healthy, and coming mm-hmm. back next season for him. But uh, they got the Bears, uh, they got the Broncos, uh, and then they got the Titans. <clears throat> I like the Titans as a fit. I think like it's close to that. Uh, it's more that thing that he got at Auburn, like that Southern. Type of feel. Uh, I know he played at Florida, Florida for a year. Mm-hmm. And, like, the team in uh, general is, is very similar to what Carolina has built around it. Uh, it has very good route-running wide receivers. Uh, they're not the most athletic in the world. Uh, but they do have their speed threat. They do have, like, a uh, speed threat or a deep threat and a... Uh, Corey Davis, and they got one of Curtis Samuel. They also got a really good running back core, uh, mm. a.k.a. Christian McCaffrey's the whole running back core, but he does everything. And you throw in their backups in there, and they do pretty good as well. And then you got Derrick Henry, and you got uh, Deion Lewis, who just who are like a mixture of uh, Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tennessee might be the best fit, looking like – in reality, after like, there's not the first thing that pops in your mind because you don't think of Tennessee when you're thinking of the NFL. You don't think of the Titans, uh, especially getting a big name player. But uh, <clears throat> I can see him fitting well with the Titans. But yeah, like you said, the Bears uh, as well could get somebody. I just uh, I think it's more likely they trade out of division because they're they're wanting to compete too. Yeah, and I mean, you don't want to trade trade into a team that would probably be a Super Bowl contender again with a legit quarterback. Uh, but honestly, in reality, I think the uh, best team that he's going to stay – or the most likely team he's going to stay with is Carolina. I don't know if they're – I don't think they're going to trade him. Uh, we'll see how Kyle Allen does. If Kyle Allen gets him to a Super Bowl or gets him to an NFC championship, I, I think it would be more likely he might get traded. But mm-hmm. if he loses the first playoff game and he loses bad or just loses in general – they don't make it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they're going to keep Cam yeah. there. So we'll uh, move on to the next bit of news, which is uh, another quarterback situation. Nick Foles starting. Uh, just a little tidbit in there. So when we're going to predict our predictions tomorrow, uh, yeah, they're uh, going to be starting Nick Foles, and yeah, everybody's kind of mad because Gardner Minshew is not starting. Uh, which he played decent. For a, he played good for a rookie quarterback. He played decent for like just an average NFL quarterback. Uh, you played Nick Foles for a reason. He performed in that first quarter when he got injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the time where he usually shines. Is this late late season stuff? 
give them a team. They got the weapons on the team. They got uh, D.D. Westbrook. They got Keelan Cole. They got Chris Conley. They got DJ Chark, who's been phenomenal this year. They got mm-hmm. uh, Leonard Floyd. I forgot the other running backs are. Leonard Fournette. Leonard, yeah, I said Leonard Floyd. Mm. Uh, Leonard Fournette. I forgot the other running backs are, but they got talent on that offense. Uh, and then on the defense side, they still got talent. Yes, I'm missing Jalen Ramsey, but they're, they're proving that they can still compete with these teams, even without <clears> Jalen <throat> Ramsey. And they've been and doing Josh it. Allen's had. A uh, very quiet but very great rookie year. Yeah, yeah, and this team is, I think, pretty, uh, pretty close to making the playoffs. Uh, I think I can see two, but I think more more likely is going to be one. And so they need him to be competing for this division. I see AFC South game one one team in the uh, playoffs this year. I just uh, with the uh, was it the West? I see Chargers sneaking back up there. I think they might make it, but if anything, it's going to be Houston and Indianapolis. I don't see Jacksonville sneaking up in that playoff spot. Uh, but if Jacksonville wants a chance, they got to win the division. I think that's the only way they're going to make it. They're not going to make it into a wild card spot. And mm-hmm. kind of just hope these teams lose. So they need to start Nick Foles now because he's proven himself. Gardner Minshew hasn't really proven himself yet, but he's proven. But what we see, I mean, he's just a good rookie quarterback, and hopefully he grows in the next offseason to where maybe they can dish. Nick Foles somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. So, let me let me scroll here real quick. Sorry for the click in my bad. I'm just clicking the pen. Sorry. The uh, so the quarterback sitting in the market this uh, next off season or possibly in the market. We don't know yet. They haven't resigned yet. That Prescott, Cam Newton, Philip Rivers, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. Andy Dalton, Eli Manning, and Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, and then it says not including Brady or Breeze on the list as well. Mm. Who do you think out of that list is going to be starting next? Uh, is going to be on, is going to be on a new team or is going to be starting next? I'll say you're going to be starting next year. I mean, Dak is going to stay. You think Dak is Dak's staying with the Cowboys? I just think they're gonna they're gonna find a way to get him a lower contract. I think Cam Newton will go to another team and start. I just don't know where. Yeah, really don't. I think Philip Rivers might retire. Jameis Winston won't start. Marcus Mariota won't start. Andy Dalton won't start. Unless it's like Randy the Bears. Dalton might be a bridge quarterback, or yeah, maybe the Bears bring him in as a guy that's like, hey, we know you can do something deep. We know we we know you're a decent quarterback. You can make the throws we need you to. We just don't. We just, you know, just don't lose us the game. Yeah. Um, Eli Manning might retire, or he's not starting anywhere. Yeah. And um, Joe Flacco for sure is not going to be starting anywhere. Yeah. If I mean, even that's even if he does sign anywhere. Uh, yeah. I didn't. Uh, what do you think about Breeze and Brady? I think Breeze. I think Breeze will retire as well. I think this is his last year. Yeah. And I think Brady will play somewhere else, whether it's at the Chargers, whether who knows he go. Yeah, Chargers. Never seen that one brought up. I've been hearing like maybe the Bears is a possibility, but yeah, um, I see Brady more retiring. This. Well, it's because he's got like you know he's got like a home in LA and things like that. I can see it, or maybe he goes to Los Angeles Rams. I mean, that'd be kind of crazy. Yeah, but... uh, yeah, that would be unfair to the league. Or maybe he just goes to San Francisco and wants to back up Jimmy G for a year. I don't know. Nah. I'm just joking there, but uh, yeah. Maybe he goes to Tennessee. Yeah, I don't see. Oh yeah, Mike Vrabel. That would be interesting. That I don't think I think did you say it because of Mike Vrabel or you, did Tennessee just pop in your head? Tennessee popped in my head. But, but yeah, yeah make the connection Vrabel. like Mike Vrabel. That's a possibility. Mike Vrabel, Malcolm Butler. Logan Ryan, guys that he's played with before, mm-hmm. um, just being in a familiar Trey, system. Uh, not Trey Flowers play for Detroit doesn't need a quarterback though, so yeah, I mean, he's I not going. I mean, he's not be... going in division. I wouldn't say he's uh, not going to the Jets or the Dolphins no. or the Bills. Uh, even though the Bills would be pretty interesting. My, my thing with San Francisco though, <clears throat> which I can see, like maybe the Redskins. I don't I, see I the don't Redskins. See well, he grew up a San Francisco fan. He grew up in that area. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. Or 
I would say Detroit, but he went to Michigan in college. He play already played at Michigan in college. Uh, but they got Matt Stafford there, unless they're trying to deal Matt Stafford at the end of the year for one year row and Tom Brady. Yeah, which I think would be pretty stupid. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's gonna be happening. But Detroit, but Detroit does like, some weird stuff. It's in like also. NBA where you can have two point, or you know, you can have two point cards starting. All right, so we'll move on to the Chargers. There was like uh, rumblings moving to London. And then the owner came out, and their owner was like, no, we're not moving to London. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw, uh, that. I saw yeah. some of the stuff that went that. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, so is it, do you think there's still a possibility that they might move, even with like, the owner saying no? Um, I would say mm-hmm. there still is a possibility that the NFL Gets strong, a London team. strong arms them into trying to move. Because uh, you know how the NFL is going to try to force. Some, the NFL will have a team in. In Europe, some way within the next five years, I, I think it's not like the fields have always been trash. I mean, like the stadium's never have, been the best. That's what I'm saying. They're gonna have to build <clears throat> a stadium and a um, and put in a nice turf field or something. Yeah, that is for football. Yeah, like American football, not soccer. And <clears throat> I, I don't know it. If the Chargers were to move over there. The entire league would have to realign. Like I'm sure yeah. there'd be a couple of teams from the AFC that go NFC, NFC. I mean, there'd be, there'd be some switching around. It'd be probably like more West Coast and East Coast, like the yeah. NBA is. Yeah, yeah. It'd, there'd be yeah. It, it would definitely kind of rumble up and uh, ruffle up the whole way we see the AFC and the NFC. Yeah. Um. And I think the big issue is just the it's the travel. I, I just think traveling that far and, you know, having the tra- – and, like, what if they have so many road games in a row? What if they have three road mm-hmm. games in a row? So, they got, they got to travel all the way to, to the States, play the game, get accustomed to it, drive – or f- drive – fly all the way back, you know, to Europe. Oh, what about, like, the games in uh, – say they got to play San Francisco or Washington. Like, they, they're going to be on the road constantly – uh, and then you would have to face those. Say if you had like the NFC West, like you'd have to face them probably the first four games of the season, or the NFC West, and you'd have to travel to the far end of the of the country. And that's was it like a six hour or six hour flight? Mm-hmm. That's like bad. a six. That's like a twelve hour flight. That's like a flight over to uh in the uh, France area, and which is. Little, it's like way further out than uh, what London is. That's that's that would kill players. Mm-hmm. I just don't see it happening. Uh, I hope not. My thing is my team has always been Jacksonville. If there is going to be one, it's going to be Jacksonville. Yeah, because yeah, the just that relationship <clears throat> over there. It seems like the Jaguars are like some you know like yeah. a fan favorite over there. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. If there is a team that. Does move over there? Think, it's it's the Con family and the Jags. Like, I think St. Louis would be, would be more of a option for the Chargers to move to. I think St. Louis would be. Yeah, if they do, which would be weird. But all right, so let's move on to coaches on the hot seat, and then we'll get into the recap after this. Uh, coaches on the hot seat. Who do you have? Uh, we're going to week ten. I will say we're going to week ten. Uh, coaches are going to start getting fired here soon because of obviously poor performance, not living up to expectations after having a hot year. Okay, maybe Matt Nagy, or just a other bunch of reasons you just don't like the person. Like San Francisco did with Jim Harbaugh. Well, I don't like you. I'm going to release you. And then they've had terrible seasons since then, except for this year. Mm. Who do you, who are your top five coaches on the hot seat? And I'll do mine after yours. All right. So definitely my number one is Bill Belichick. Um, he's just done an, an awful job this season. No, I'm just joking. One loss is horrific, especially with that schedule. No, no. Yeah. I, I'll start from number five to number one. So this is like the least of uh, my top five. This is like the least on the hot seat. But I still think all these guys have a legitimate shot to be fired. Number five is Pat Shermer. I just feel like with Saquon Barkley, he's got Daniel Jones. And just with the way the NFL is, I feel like people don't get, you know, people get pretty impatient and they kind of freak out and things like that. I think Dave Gettleman has done a 
very solid job as far as trying to build this team um, and and put the right pieces um, yeah. to help Pat Shermer coach the best. So I feel like they might give Pat one more year, but I feel like he is definitely a coach that will continue to be on the hot seat moving forward. Yeah. Number four is Matt Nagy, and I, I ultimately think he's going to stay. I think there will just be a quarterback change going into next season. Yeah. And, it you know, it sucks saying that, you know, even with seven weeks left into the in the year or what, eight or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, that like, anything could still happen. Like Trubisky could turn it on, anything this, like that. This but, is a Super Bowl winning caliber team. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not... The, the roster that the Bears have should be uh, in Wait, legit so... contention yeah. for Super Bowl. But, yeah, it's just a wasted year. Like, a, like you said, it's a lost year. And, you know, yeah, he was coach of the year last year. They went 12-4, and four and we saw a lot of the things he, you know, that he was very good at coaching. Mm-hmm. But this year, a lot of things have been disappointing. Um, I don't know if it's him just getting too arrogant and too big-headed. I don't, I don't know what this, you know, what um, the circumstances are behind the scenes and what's going on there, him and Trubisky, or is it him and Pace? Um, but I think Nagy is definitely a guy that, Probably won't get fired, but I will not be surprised if he is. Now, moving into my top three, I think these guys will probably all for sure be fired um, at some point or another. Number three is Adam Gase. He's just he didn't he didn't deserve that coaching job up in no, he didn't. Up for the Jets. I, he was very underwhelming and not a good leader um, in Miami. Did not like the way he, you know he ran that team and and made some of the moves he made. You know, getting the GM fired, uh, what was it, Mike McCagnan, getting him, yeah. getting the GM fired for the Jets after, like, he had made all the picks mm-hmm. and then, like, acting like he didn't like the guys that, uh, that he had gotten, like, all these stupid things. And then, like, he's just, he just doesn't seem like a guy that's, like, all there. Like, he's there for football. Yeah. And that's just the sense mm-hmm. I get. And I think with, with Sam Darnold as your quarterback, with Le'Veon Bell as your running back, I mean, you got some, you got some star potential on this team. I mean, they need a coach that can cultivate some of this talent, that can help coach some of these guys to actually help them improve. And I just don't think Adam Gase is getting it done. Number two is Dan Quinn. Uh, excuse me. Ever since the Super Bowl loss and that collapse in the Super Bowl, they have just not been the same. Um, they made it to the playoffs the year after, and they lost 10-6 to or whatever it was um, in that playoff mm-hmm. game. I mean... Gosh, just right outside the outreach arms of Julio Jones and everything could be different. But last year they were very disappointing. This year they've been ultraly dis I mean, just awful. Yeah. Um and you know, it's not like you can say like, Well, Keanu Neal got hurt and he's out. Like, he's just one guy. He's one guy. Yeah, Deion Jones we, is still there. Like they got you know, Casey got injured, but like there's still players on that defense. Yeah, I mean they got guys everywhere on that defense that can at least, you know, Make them a, a competent defense. I mean, they've got mm-hmm. pieces all over the offense. Yeah. And and although Matt Ryan has put up some pretty solid numbers this year before he got injured, I mean, it's not translating into wins. Yeah, no. And I, I just think right now this Falcons team might need a change um, of head coaches. Uh, of head coaches. And, look, I think Dan Quinn is a great coach. I think he's very smart. I think, you know, you hear some of the stories of how – like where he started as a coach and how hard he worked and and what he did to be able to become a head coach. That was the ultimate goal. I think he can be a head coach somewhere else. Yeah. But I think sometimes you need a change of scenery. You need a change of culture. Yeah. And Dan Quinn right now, I think, is just – I think he's out well, in, he had that, in Atlanta. Like, stupid uh, – he had like, the stupidest uh, call of all time. And that, uh, I forgot what game was he in San Francisco. I think it was his first year at Atlanta where, like uh, – he settled for like a field goal on like the two yard line, and they were down by like six instead of trying to punch it in for a touchdown. Not it was yet. like fourth and goal, and there was like a ninety, there was like a sixty percent chance that they were still going to win if they went forward and missed. And there was and, and there was like a thirty percent chance that they kicked the field goal mm-hmm. that they were going to win. I just like. His coaching decisions have been like baffling to me yeah. at points, and I think that's the one that is. Uh, clear and cut and maybe his worst one yeah uh and like you said just hasn't been it hasn't gotten better yeah it hasn't gotten better for sure and then my number one is freddie kitchens um look i mean you've got all this talent in cleveland 
on both sides of the ball. I mean, you've got the you've got the the great pass rusher in Miles Garrett that changes the franchise. I mean, he's in the running for defensive player of the year. I mean, he's playing that phenomenally this year. You've got Denzel Ward, a cornerstone shutdown corner on your defense. Yeah. You've got pieces all over that. You got Joe Schubert, just a smart, solid football player. You got Christian Kirksey, who is just a very good leader, very good football player. Uh, player. You got uh, Larry Obenjobi. I mean, you've got you got Greedy you Williams, got Olivier who, Vernon, who just came back. Greedy Williams. I mean, you got so much talent on that defense, and then not, not even to mention on the offensive side of the football. Yes, their offensive line is pretty bad. Trading Kevin Zeitler was not the best decision, um, ultimately for what the Browns have needed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you've got Odell, you've got Jarvis, you're getting Cream Hunt back, you have Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield has regressed. And I think all this, not not 100% of the blame is not on Freddie Kitchens. I will put some of the blame on Baker Mayfield, on John Dorsey, on those guys. But I think John Dorsey could be out the door as well. Yeah. Freddie Kitchens is not the guy. He needs to go. I think he's done after this season. They need to get a guy in there that can put some structure, build a culture, um, whether that's a Jim Harbaugh, whether that's a Mike McCarthy, who, look, I don't think Mike McCarthy is the greatest coach ever, but at least he can bring some type of winning formula to this team because he knows how to win. He knows how to prepare for games. Um, and maybe he'll have a better relationship with Baker than he did with Aaron, and it'll keep him more engaged to actually coach football instead of taking days off and things like that. Um, but I think right now Freddie Kitchens is the, is the guy on the hot seat. I mean, the Browns, all the expectations the Browns had this year, Super Bowl contender, definitely going to make the playoffs, one of the best teams in the NFL. They he's on the hot seat, number one for me. All right, well I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my last one sweet here. Uh, yeah, five Matt Nagy, just uh, very disappointing, and it's him and Trubisky's fault. That's why I think he's on the hot seat. Just he's made some terrible coaching decisions. Like why aren't you running the football? <clears throat> it's a very logical thing to do is to run the football, especially when your quarterback's not the best quarterback. You run the football, and you have a Legit talent in, uh, you have three legit talents in Tariq Cohen, Mike Davis, uh, and uh, David Montgomery. And you also could put Cordell Patterson back there. But he decides, just, hey, we're just going to abandon the run game in the first quarter when you're down three to nothing. He does that. It's just, I don't know what hit, hit where he says that. I think it's a lot of cockiness in him, a lot of arrogance. And I don't know if you can switch that off of him. Because he's going to get a new quarterback next year. And what is he going to be next year? He's going to be the same arrogant, cocky person. Like, oh, I got a new quarterback. I can do whatever I want. It's going to be the same result. There needs to be a change. Or there's going to be a change. There needs to be a... Excuse me there. I'm getting, like, congested here. My bad. There needs to be a change in attitude for him for this team to succeed with any quarterback. Yeah. And I think it it obviously starts with him. Number four... Pat Shermer, just the way they're playing right now, you you got a really good rookie quarterback who makes rookie quarterback mistakes, uh, and Daniel Jones. But I don't like the positions he puts him in either. Like he puts him in pretty bad positions. So I I just don't like where he puts Daniel Jones at, especially with the offensive line. Yeah, and I just don't think he's really a head coach. I think I don't think either. He's a, more of an offensive coordinator. And uh, number three. Is Dan Quinn obviously terrible, terrible year? I, I think he's for sure the number. I think for, my four through one for sure fires after the season, hundred percent for sure fires. Uh, Pat Shermer, uh, Dan Quinn, obviously terrible year. Like everything you just said. Number two, or actually no, this is one A and one A here. Adam Gase and Freddie Kitchens. Like those two are fired. And that probably within the next week, within uh-huh. within a week from now, I don't. They ain't gonna get. I don't think they're, they're gonna, gonna fired get fired for the season. They're gonna. Yes, they are. Both of them are. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Don't know why Adam Gates got the job. Horrific. Don't know why Freddie Kitchens got the job. Horrific. Should have resigned Greg Williams. So I just hit my thumb on the pen. If y'all heard that. Uh, yeah, it's just stuck with Greg Williams. Greg Williams is probably gonna lead this Jets team to a nine and seven record. It's gonna be funny. Uh... I don't know about all that. He's going he's to lead him to a pretty good record, I think. Greg Williams is going to be the interim head coach once Gase gets fired. 
Yeah, just Cleveland should have stuck with uh, oh, Greg fired. Williams. Uh, in my opinion, they should go after Jim Harbaugh. I don't think Eric Bieniemy, uh being his first coaching job, yeah, yeah, needs to be in that situation with that locker room. I think you get somebody like Jim Harbaugh in there who has the same type of ego and same type of attitude as these players on this roster. There's yeah. a lot of egos on this roster, and he did with San Francisco, and they thrived. I, I think, think he fits, can do. I it. think he fits perfectly in Cleveland. That's I think he does too. And Eric Bieniemy, I think he fits perfectly with the Jets with what they have. Not the best receiving core. It's a good, solid receiving core. Uh, has some talent on there. A young quarterback. An amazing running back when healthy. And a poor offensive line that you can scheme around until it gets better. And the defense is already phenomenal. Uh, Greg Williams probably going to lose his job again because interim head coaches lose, lose their job for unknown reasons. Yeah. I don't know why they do. Oh, you're a great defense coordinator or you're a great coordinator? The head coach is performing uh, very badly. We'll put you an interim head coach and then fire you at the end of the season because it makes no sense. Mm. And I, th- I think it's always been the stupidest thing in the world. But uh, he'll probably be out, and then he can get his defense coordinator in, and Greg Williams to go thrive somewhere else again for this for his third team in three years. So, yeah, I just don't – I think the fourth through one, Pat Shermer, Dan Quinn, uh, Freddie Kitchens, Adam Gase, I think 100% going to get fired. And Case and Kitchens at the uh, before the season ends are going to get fired. And so we're going to move on to the recap now, finally. 30 minutes into it. So we got the Thursday night Halloween game. San Francisco at Arizona. And my prediction was almost close here. It was very close. Uh, uh, San Francisco sneaked out with a 28-25 to 25 win. Uh, amazing final drive to put that game away amazing mm-hmm. uh let me yeah, see how many plays it was real quick it was 11 plays and it took almost five minutes off the clock amazing i think they've done that two two weeks or two out of three weeks now they're just able to put time off the clock when they need to mm-hmm. and the still the game up arizona's gonna win this game if they punt it back to them and yeah, they were able to get now. and two big throws by uh uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Gar- I'm gonna say Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the one after the two minute warning that sealed the game, and I think the one around like the three minute mark. This team, I think, is pretty legit, and I think this proves that they're legit because they're able to end games like this against a up and coming Arizona team that, if they won this game, may have been looking at a like a number at a six seed in the playoffs. Yeah. So. Yeah, Arizona or Arizona, San Francisco is the real deal, and that's what I got from this game. Yeah, Arizona's the real deal. Or not Arizona, San Francisco. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was gonna say. I keep thinking of Arizona, man. Like I'm looking. <laughs> was, when you said that, I was like, no, when I'm looking at it. I'm looking sense. at Arizona, and I just I don't know. Like, my mind's going to Arizona here, but I'm just not using usually, especially like me being almost twenty. Never seen San Francisco that good. Mm. So, and I've seen Arizona be really good, like for I guess like majority of my football watching days and yeah I just it's weird saying San Francisco so good football team but yeah, they outside are outside of like the three or, the Jim Harbaugh season three or four years yeah. of Harbaugh yeah um yeah I mean I saw the game and my takeaway was yeah those games are the NFL's close anyways right a lot of games are yeah. tight a lot of games come down to the last drive to mm-hmm. the last to the last second um, and things happen. Not every team is going to get blown out. And if you've paid attention to anything what the Cardinals do, the Cardinals keep games close. They fight yeah. back. They yeah. play hard. They. It looks to me like they actually give a crap about their coach. Yeah. Like they try. Like they want to win. Whatever Cliff Kingsbury is doing, uh, he needs to keep doing it. I mean, they've got Kyle yeah. Murray. They've got a special quarterback. They've got talent on defense. Um, they just don't have quite the personnel – as a as a unit, they don't have quite the depth um, as a team that you would need to compete at a high level in the NFL. But if they can make smart moves in the offseason and free agency in the draft, maybe through some trades like and just build, maybe trading Patrick Peterson and building some draft capital and doing things of that nature, I think the Cardinals have a very 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 bright future ahead of them. Um, I just love the way they play. They you know they come out and they bust you in the mouth, and I mean they they're not afraid. Um, of any challenge 
that is thrown at them. But on the flip side, I'm very impressed with the 49ers. Look, they faced some adversity. Yeah, it was probably more of a trap game. They probably came out not taking them as serious, not playing as hard. Um, and, you know, that, which is why the Cardinals were able to make this a game and make this close and almost win. But like you said, I mean, coming down to that final drive, being able to run out the clock, that is what Super Bowl teams do. Mm-hmm. When, when you need a drive to still the game, to ice the game, and, uh, and to put it away, championship teams are able to do that. Playoff teams can't. Teams that don't make the playoffs definitely can. Yeah. But when you're a team that can do that and you can be confident in your ability to take five minutes off the clock in order to preserve your lead and make it pretty much almost near impossible for the other team to to win it all, that is what championship football is. And I was very impressed with the way they handled themselves. Yeah, I, I was too. And this possibility uh, after the Seattle game on Monday night and this, the next Arizona game, they face Green Bay, Baltimore, and the Saints. Three straight weeks. There's a possibility where they have three straight game of the weeks. Uh, or two straight uh, Sunday night games because they're, they're not going to move that Green Bay and San Francisco from uh, the 425 game of the week spot. But there's a possibility they could be playing on Sunday night two weeks in a row against Baltimore and New Orleans, both on the road. Mm. Uh, I'm hoping they do that like they did last year, switch, switch the schedule up. Uh, do it a couple weeks early, uh, like they did last year, where they're like, we're going to announce week 13, week 14, at like week 11. We're going to mm-hmm. put those games on uh, Sunday Night Football. They haven't done it yet. I'm hoping they do it, because I want to see some of these teams play in primetime position, or in primetime games. I want to see them play. Uh, and it helps for better football. It helps for better playoff games, mm-hmm. because once they get used to the primetime spot, they're going to be playing like that in the playoffs. Yep. But once you get teams that are now in the prime in the prime time spot, where uh, uh, let me think of one. I guess like maybe like Carolina when Cam Newton was in his first couple of years, they didn't get a lot of prime time games. Uh, they got one or two maybe. They go to the playoffs. They beat a very bad uh, Arizona team with uh, Carson Palmer being out that year, and then they go and get destroyed by Seattle because I don't think they were ready for that spotlight. And they almost lost to that Carolina team, but they weren't playing good. Mm-hmm. Or that uh, Arizona team with uh, Ryan Lindley at quarterback or something, but they need. I think they just need to put the NFL needs to put uh, these games in primetime positions and let these uh, players play in these primetime positions because we we haven't seen the San Francisco team in a primetime game. We'll get that uh, next week, but I'm hoping they do it a little bit further because this team I think has a great chance of going to a Super Bowl. A great chance. So we'll move on to uh, uh, the first game on Sunday that we're going to talk about, Indianapolis at Pitt. Yeah, I'll say real quick. I mean, the injury to Brissett definitely hurt the Colts, but it didn't seem to slow down the offense in really any fashion. I mean, yeah, Brian Horry made a bad decision, and uh, and Minka Fitzpatrick just made a great read and made a great play, you know, and just and fooled uh, Hoyer. Made a pick six. That was a huge play. I think it was a play um, that, that really game. won them the game. Um, yeah, I mean, it essentially, could. I mean, it, it more than likely was. And, you know, but Hoyer came back. He threw three touchdowns. I mean, he played, honestly, in my opinion, pretty uh, pretty well. The defense, I thought, was playing, you know, was playing their butts off, was doing what they needed to. I just felt like, at times, the offense stalled out. And that that, that to me, was... A little concerning yes I know Jacoby wasn't in so I know some things are going to be a little different they're not going to call the same type of plays that they want but I thought Hoyer was doing a good job trying to push it downfield trying to keep plays alive trying to make some things happen and ultimately it comes down to Vinatieri missing field goals um, you're paid to you're paid to kick you're paid to make those you're the greatest kicker of all time I know he's old but either and I know it's too late in the season now, but the Colts should have either 100% felt confident in his ability to make field goals this year or gotten somebody else to do it. And I know it's very hard to get a reliable kicker in the NFL nowadays. It's very hard. Kickers freaking get the yips just out of, is- out of nowhere. Vinatieri this year has lost two games for sure mm-hmm. for the Colts. One, game one of the season against the Chargers. Yeah. 
missed what two extra points and two field goals. Yeah. And then in this game here against the Steelers, Colts drove down the field. Hoyer put him in position. In position. Now, granted, I feel like Frank Wright could have been a little bit more aggressive. Did some type of yeah. did some type of play action rollout. Got it to Doyle or Ebron out in the flats, and maybe got and got a first down and got some things going like that um, to get it a little bit more secure. But look, Vinatieri is a pro. I mean, is a forty-three yard field goal. I mean, he should be able to make that in his sleep. And regardless of what you want to say about the laces pointing him, pointing at him, that kick like you, like you said, Wyatt, that kick was awful. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it curved it, his leg. Like it, no matter how he kicked it, yeah, that ball's gonna that ball was gonna curve. Yeah. Now. We've seen Adam Vinatieri be able to curve the ball back in, right, right in front of the upright and make it. But that ball was not. That ball was. That ball wasn't even nowhere close. And and that's a psyche thing. Mm-hmm. That's a psyche. When you miss it that bad, that's mental. Uh, I, I just think, like it would probably have been a little bit closer that he missed it, but he was gonna miss it. Uh, I yeah, I agree with you on everything with Adam Vinatieri. It's. The it's he's he's missing too many field goals, and it's going to scare me in the uh, playoffs when the Colts play somebody like Houston or Baltimore when they need that field goal to win the game, mm-hmm. and he misses like two or three of them, mm-hmm. and they lose by fourteen when they could have had a when they could have had a drive to go down and get like a two point or uh, scoring a two point conversion and uh, tie it up and go into overtime. They can't do that because they're down by two scores because he missed two ship shots. Uh, and they're staying with him, and Colts are staying with him, and they're forced to at this point because there's no because either kickers the good kickers are on IR or they're on the team playing. Mm-hmm. The uh, Patriots just signed Nick Folk, who was in the uh, AA, AA, uh, AFL, right or AFF AAF hard to say, but uh, American Alliance Football. There we go, and he was playing in that. He hasn't kicked in the NFL game in like two or three years. That's the kind of kickers you're getting at this stage of the in this stage of the season. So they're forced to stick with him. Mm-hmm. They should have made the switch sooner, and they should have made it. And I'm sorry, but he should have retired, took one for the team, and took one for his career too, because this is going to hurt his career. I think. I think it may hurt his uh, may may hurt his Hall of Fame, a little bit. Missing like if he continues and he misses a big kick in the playoffs. Could hurt him a little bit. So we're going to move on to uh, an exciting game. A game where Kirk Cousins actually played well against the 500 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City won 26-23. Matt Moore played like a backup. Uh, got it to the playmakers. Let the playmakers make plays. That's all you can ask of a backup, and he did that. Uh it's one of the best backups in the league. He's been one of the best backups for a little bit. He's able to lead a Adam Gase led Dolphins team to the playoffs. Don't know how he did it, but he did. Minnesota, I think this this is for both teams, this was an important game here. Minnesota, I don't think a Fort need could uh could not have lost this game and they did. Because then it puts them in tough, tough, uh, tough position, especially with the Rams moving up there. You got, you got the Eagles up there. You got the Lions up there that are making waves. You got Arizona still up there. They're making waves in the playoff conversation. And you just put you just put yourself game. Uh, you could have been two games ahead. Now you put yourself one game ahead. Uh, it hurts them really bad because. They still get Arizona, or they still they still get Green Bay. They haven't proven they can beat Chicago, even with how bad Chicago's been playing. They still haven't proven they can beat Chicago. Uh, they faced Detroit twice. They still got Detroit twice. No, they got Detroit one more time. Uh, they got uh, Dallas next week. They got Seattle left. They got the Chargers in. Uh, well, it's, it doesn't matter where the Chargers are at. It's, it's going to be a home game for them anyway. Mm. They got a tough schedule. Coming up here, this hurts them really bad. They should have won this game against a backup quarterback in Kansas City. Yeah. No, uh, I... On the other hand, Kansas City, this helps out because Chargers look like, we're going to get to the Chargers here in a little bit, but they look like they're on a groove here. And if they lost this game, that puts them, uh, I think, what are they, 6-3 and three right now? Mm-hmm. That puts them one game ahead of the Chargers. And look where the Chargers at two weeks ago before that Chicago game. Or look over there in the Chicago fourth quarter. They're yep. about to go 3-6. and six. Now they're... Uh, 
Yeah, four three and, and five. six. Yeah, now they're uh, no, they're about to go two and six. Now they're four and five. No, they would have went three and six and going into this week. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, and they yeah, would have been right. three and seven or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this uh, that was a huge game, huge win, and I think this proves that you don't have to rush Pat Mahomes back. You no. do not have to rush him back. Keep him there because they got the Titans, and then they got the Chargers, which, and then they got the Raiders. You really don't need to play them in those games because I have faith that they're going to beat all of them without Pat Mahomes. Maybe the Chargers, but you got a one-game lead on them, or you yeah. got a two-game lead on them. Yeah. You can maybe afford to lose that one because you're just racking up division wins, and whoever wins that last, whoever whoever owns the division wins in that division. Especially if you lose to them in that first one, just beat them in the last game of the season. I think it is. Mm-hmm. They play them, and they'll win the division because they get the more division wins mm-hmm. than them. So. Yeah, I think a, point, a very important win by Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it comes down to, you know, what can Kirk Cousins do when you need him most? And I didn't think he played necessarily, like, super great. Yeah. I thought he made a couple bad decisions. I thought he missed some throws here and there. But the beauty of what the Vikings do as a team is they're a very good whole football team. Yeah. They do a lot of things well as a unit. And, I mean, we saw them being able to compete against a team like the Chiefs, who Andy Reid has rolling right now with or without Patrick Mahomes. Five sacks. Um, yeah. Yeah, it helps out. Especially in key situations where they were getting those sacks. And they had a lot of negative plays. Yeah. It was more a – let me let me get the number right I mean, here. what what uh, what was it? Kirk Cousins slid. I mean, he had an easy yeah. first down, and he slid on third down. Yeah, like an inch short – like a yard short. Like, what are you doing in there? In critical situation, I mean – it's those types of things where you're like, come on, Kirk. It's like, you just got to be a smarter football player. You just got to make better decisions. Yeah. You just got to be able to make these they plays. They won the game. They let up a four-yard touchdown. Like, amazing catch by Tyreek Hill, but let up a four-yard touchdown. That probably shouldn't have been a 40-yard touchdown. And then let up a 91-yard run. This team's a good team. I think they get in the way sometimes. They miss assignments sometimes. At least a 91-yard touchdown. Yeah. Minnesota's a good team. Uh... But I think they're a legit contender for a Super Bowl, in my yeah. opinion. I think they have the defense. Mm-hmm. I think they have the running game. I think if Kirk Cousins can play good enough, I think they can win a Super Bowl. I, I think, think they're that talented. Yeah, and, I mean, look, if the Chiefs are going to be able to do this without Pat Mahomes, um, then I think when he comes back, it's just going to be that much deadlier for teams. Yeah. Now, their defense still scares me. Um, it still worries me, but I think they've done a better job. And I know that comes down to Kirk Cousins not playing the best and things like that. But I think they've done a, a solid job without Pat Mahomes in. Can they continue to be solid enough when he comes back to be a legit contender? Or is it going to be the Pat Mahomes show where he's going to have to score 40 points against every team? Yeah. That's what I want to I think it comes down to play calling. I think they call too many long bombs with Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And forces him to move around too much. Mm. Where you see in this game where Andy Reid is just doing Andy Reid things and just calling up simple plays for Matt Moore White. They need more of that when Pat Mahomes is in there so he doesn't take as many hits and he's not running around as much. And mm. maybe, because uh, remember, uh, I think uh, Robert Griffin, one of his injuries was him trying to jump and throw during, like, while he was running for pressure. I uh, ran from pressure. And that could happen to Pat Mahomes, especially if his knee's popping out like that that easily. Yeah. If he's trying to roll, uh, throw on the run and he has to like jump or something, yeah. and that just pops out of place again, that's going to be bad. Yeah. That's, that's bad for that team. My thing is you rest him here, and when he comes back against New England, mm. when he should come back, I don't care who's who's there, when he comes back against New England, uh, design some of the plays that, you're, that you've been design, you've been designing for Matt Mo- with Matt Moore. Those quick... Uh, Maybe rollouts where like nobody's even touching him. He just throws it little dink and dunks. Quick, this, simple passes to get they, him into rhythm and things I like that. I think that's what yeah. they did a lot last Keep him year. Safe. Uh, and then they worked those dink and dunk plays into longer plays. And that's what's the beauty about uh, Andy Reid's offense is every play has a meaning. A run play can be converted into a pass into a play action deep ball. A short pass can be converted into a uh, pump fake deep ball touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Uh, everything is designed to influence another play in uh, Andy Reid's offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they did so great last year. Now, this year, they're just looking to get touchdowns in every play. 
in mm. my opinion. And that's where you see them go on little cold streaks in the middle of the game. I think Oakland is the perfect perfect game where in the first quarter they didn't score. They were down fourteen and nothing. Then they had like the twenty eight points in the second in the second quarter and don't score for the rest of the game. Mm. I think they're calling too many home run plays. They simple it down. And this may help too with Matt, uh, Matt Moore because Andrew Reed might get into a group calling plays mm-hmm. and calling those plays. And when Matt, uh, when Pat Mahomes gets back, he might start calling some of those plays again. Oh yeah. So we'll move on to uh, Detroit at Oakland. Maybe the game that nobody watched, but they probably maybe the game of the week. Okay. Yeah, you know, game of the week. Yeah, two two quarterbacks. I think on the same level. Uh, I don't know on the same level. Maybe Magic Staff is a little bit up. Than uh, Derek Carr because I think Matthew Stafford is a borderline Hall of Famer. Uh, Derek Carr is phenomenal. He's one of the most accurate passers in the league that makes dumb decisions sometimes where he tries to throw into triple coverage yeah. and he doesn't need to because he's so accurate. Mm. I think Oakland's still in this playoff race. They are. Uh, they get they don't win the division. I think the division is going to come down to the Chargers or the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, but they need the. I think. Char- if they want a chance, they got to beat the Chargers. I think they play the Chargers, is it next week or in two weeks? Yeah, I think they play the Chargers uh, next week. So, yeah, Oakland needs to, they need to find their groove. I think this was a game to find your groove in because Detroit's a tough team. And I'm sorry for Detroit fans, but, like, Detroit, especially this year, because they're such a good team, they had high hopes earlier in the year, and I think they're a playoff team. Mm. But it seems like right now they're maybe this year, maybe next year they can make the playoffs. But this year they just seem to be that team where they're that tough team that you face that you almost lose against. That you almost lose against. But you find your groove at the end of the game. Mm. It's more of a let's get let's get warmed up for those two minute drills yeah. game. We're like they're going to play you close, and we're going to win at the end of the game. Yeah, that's what it seems like for this. Like Packers kind of did it for them. Uh, Oakland did it for them. Kansas City. Same thing. Did it with them. Uh, yeah, it's, I just don't think they're talented enough to beat the teams this year. But maybe once again to the AFC South because that's who uh, MC North's playing next year. They're playing the AFC South, the Colts, Texans, Jags. If they, st- I think they can beat some of those teams in that division. In this division, when they're facing the AFC West, I just think there's a little bit matchup problems for them. Mm. That I think there's they're just gonna be like seven, nine, eight, and eight this year. Yeah, and it's really for the Lions, it's the, it's the inability to finish games. It's yeah. the inability to close out, the inability to make the plays um, when they need to that can help them win these games. But I'll, I'm going to give it to Oakland. You know, I didn't, yeah. I wasn't able to see this whole game. I wasn't, but, but we saw the last minute um, of it. We saw the last minute, but I'm going to give it to Oakland, man. Like, they've played way better than I thought they were this year. I mean, they beat the Colts. Yeah, the Bears have been kind of down this year on offense and things like that. They had Chase Daniels in, but they still beat the Bears. Um, they've won, you know, they've, they just look like they, like, um, you know, amidst all the all the turmoil with Antonio Brown and and all the drama from Hard Knocks and all the stuff with Vontez Burfick, like, and all those different types of things and all, this, and all the rumblings of, like, John Gruden is a terrible, you know, people think he's a terrible coach and all this. I think he's done a very good job this year with the roster they have. I don't think the roster is by any means that, honestly, that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I really don't think it is. But what he's been able to do with the guys he has on offense, Josh Jacobs has been sensational this season. I've really liked the direction I'm seeing this Oakland Raiders team go. Yeah, and that I think it's just going to continue I, to improve. I, I mean, think... if the Bears, I mean, God bless, but if the Bears are a top ten pick. And the Raiders get that. I mean, that just that it's just more people I think to choose not from. Not this year, but next year they're going to be a playoff team. This okay. year, I don't think they're going to make it. No, no, no. I, I don't think, think like this seven year to nine, eight, yeah. eight. Uh, a couple of division losses. I think they got the Chargers twice. I want to say they still mm-hmm. got the chart. They got uh, the Chiefs twice. No, uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Wait, no, they got the Chargers twice. Yeah, so they they end they end the schedule with a lot of division games. Okay. Up. So yeah, it's. Uh, they got a lot of division opponents here. They faced Chargers twice. They faced the Broncos and the Chiefs one more time. So they got four division games in their last uh, eight. And it's tough. It's very tough when you're facing division that many times in that short amount of time. So, yeah, I think 7-9 to nine is where they're looking at here. But next year, especially with the Bears, probably going to be a top-10 pick if they don't make a quarterback change. Mm-hmm. Or if they just don't – if Nagy gets out of his arrogant ways and is able to lead this team. 
But yeah. Uh I think seven nine team right now. And Detroit, seven and nine as well. These are two seven and nine teams playing playing each other and that's why you get a good game. Yeah. So we'll uh move on to Tampa at Seattle. And Tampa oh my gosh, this is a playoff team here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a playoff team with a quarterback that if turnovers weren't allowed in the NFL, I said this to you when we were watching the game, that he would still find a way to turn over the football. Uh, my gosh, like, he didn't have a, I don't think he, he didn't have a, uh, interception in this game, but I think he had a fumble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, gosh, it was, it was, it was like, I th- I'm pretty sure it was like one of those fumbles that he always has where he's trying to throw the football and it slips out of his hands. Mm-hmm. It's just so frustrating because this team is a built now win team, mm. and I don't think they know it, but they are. Yeah, yeah it's just Tampa's the most frustrating team. But Russell Wilson MVP. Uh, I don't think there's any question uh, to it. MVP right now. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you can play him up there. Mm. Aaron Rodgers, I don't think so, but you you will play you can play him there, Houston, if you want to. Uh, yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, final touchdown passes for Russell Wilson. He's playing on another level right now. Yeah. He is. There's there's no stopping him. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. There's no stopping him. And when they get Josh Gordon, it's going to make them that tougher, more tougher to beat. Or more tough to beat, I should say. That's poor grammar. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Seattle, the question for Seattle I have is how good is their defense really? I think they have a lot of holes on the defense. I think there's certain things on the defense that they do have issues with. Um, but if Russell Wilson continues to play the play the way he's playing, if the defense plays good enough, if they can run the football effectively like they're able to do, this team is dangerous. This team is deadly. I think they are a legit Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited to see what they're able to do. I mean, I want to see. You know, I want to. I don't. The 49ers them haven't played yet, have they? No. Yeah, they still have to play them twice. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see those games and see what the Seahawks do matching up against against what the 49ers do. I'm very uh, curious to see. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I agree. Tampa oh, Bay. Oh, they play at the end of the season, so it could be like a division take-all game. Yeah, I mean, it could. And, but Tampa Bay is just very disappointing, man. Like, oh yeah, you know, like you said, I don't know if they're like this like legit Super Bowl contender or anything like that, but with the talent they have, with the coach that they have, they should be a playoff team or a borderline playoff team. And yet they're probably going to be, you know, in the bottom half of the picks um, as far as the first round goes, you know, trying to fight for a top 10 spot. And it all comes down to Jameis Winston. If they can get a different quarterback in next season, whoever that may be, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might actually start being able to do something. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So we'll move on to... Uh, Green Bay at the Chargers, or Green Bay at Green Bay, as we like yeah. to call it, because Chargers have no fans in L.A. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this was a game about the defense for the Chargers. Yes, they got two sacks, but they were getting pressure all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Rodgers making it, forcing him to throw. I don't want to do that. But uh, forcing Aaron Rodgers to throw the ball away a lot. And Philip Rivers looked like old Philip Rivers. He looked like the last year's Philip Rivers. Like he went off, had no touchdowns, but he was making some tough throws and some tight windows. And guess what they did? They ran the football mm. against the Packers. Well, I've been saying the whole year, we run the football against the Packers. Uh, 80 yards to Melvin Gordon, 70 to Austin Eckler, two touchdowns from Melvin Gordon, 160, 159 as a team. I think Green Bay cannot stop the run. I think it's proven they cannot stop the run, and it's killing them. Because if a drive, if a team, if they're not able to get a first score drive like they've been in most of these games, mm-hmm. they're going to stall for the rest of the game. Because they've shown that they have shown that they have not. They're kind of like the Bears from last year, where they could score in like the first couple drives of like the halves, but for the rest of the game they're not going to score at all mm-hmm. because they're just incapable of doing it. And it seems like what the Packers are at the moment where. They can score early in the game. They can score early in the second half. But when you get layered parts in the game, when you get into that uh, middle of the, uh, the groove of the game in that middle of the second quarter or middle of the first quarter and, and into the second, they've been uh, not capable of doing anything. And when when you're able to run the football against them and just pound away the clock, 
uh, I don't think they're not gonna be able to catch up. Yeah, no, I did. Wait, here, move there. I was there. like, what? Uh, yeah, trying to fake me out. Yeah, they. Uh, it's just not. I, I just. They're gonna have trouble stopping some of these teams in the playoffs. They're gonna be trouble having to stop uh, San Francisco. I think they play them too, here in a couple weeks. Yeah, they're gonna mm. be able to try, stop them in Carolina next week. Uh, I'll get into that when we get into predictions. They're gonna be. They're gonna be. It's going to be hard to stop Christian McCaffrey, especially with the way they're naming hoeing up a two a Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler Eckler led running attack. Mm. Sorry, Melvin Gordon has not been that good this year, so that's yeah. why I'm saying that's why I'm playing him that conversation. So yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't really have much yeah. to say on it. Yeah. Um, you know, Packers just kind of crapped the bed. They didn't play well at all. They got a tough schedule um, coming up here. Yeah, they got a tough schedule. Like you know, like you've said all season, like. If a team can run the football effectively on them, the Packers usually don't play well um, at all. They play, and that's just because they don't get time in possession. They're not. They don't get into a rhythm on offense in the way that they want to, and everything just sputters and they don't play well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll give it to the Chargers, man. The Chargers, if they can, they might be catching fire at the right time. They, I mean, that missed field goal from Pinero, um, Pinero, however you say it, for the Bears against the Chargers really. Like, I, it could have sparked something for this team. I mean, this yeah. team could make the playoffs. I mean, they've got – and I and I, and I will stick by this. I think they are one of the most talented teams in all of football, depth-wise, at every position. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, just what they can do um, on offense and defense at every level, I think is pretty special. Now you're starting to see them play together, the gelling, Anthony Lynn, you know, getting some momentum, things like that. Because I think he's a great coach. This team could make the playoffs. Yeah. If the Colts last year can make the playoffs after starting one and five, I know for sure the Chargers can do it. Um, being three and five, when or being what two and five? Yeah. yeah. So it was two and five. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So being two and five, getting themselves to four and five with, with the position to control their own destiny. Yeah. And so um, I'm very excited to see you know where they go and what they do. And they might get um, a Pat Mahomes less. Uh, yeah. Chiefs, where if they beat them, they won four in a row. They're uh, six and five going mm-hmm. in, and and that bottom half of the stretch, where I think they get Minnesota and Jacksonville. They get the Chiefs in Oakland, I think, one more time. There is a there's a there's a lot of good games that they can win, and they have a shot at winning. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this: Dave Bakatari uh, was not getting he could he was not able to hold Joey Bosa. This game, and I think it showed that when Dave Barkatari is not getting away with holds, he's not, he's not that good. So mm. yeah, uh, and Ryan Bulaga, I liked him a lot. He got he's been injured the last couple of years. Not he's been, been injured like his whole career. <laughs> yeah, I know, but he hasn't been up to the same level as what he could or what he used to be. Mm. Uh, he got torched by Melvin Ingram. Well, yeah, I, mean, I just uh, I think the Packers are a little bit overrated. We'll see how they handle the stretch here because they got four straight games out of Carolina. Uh, I was just checking here. I get right up on my phone. I don't know why I'm not doing it. Uh, they got Carolina coming up. They got it's not loading up here for me. All right, they got Carolina, San Francisco, the Giants in in New York, and then they're uh, facing uh, the Redskins. Four straight running teams, like teams that predicate everything off the run. If they if they lose to the Giants or the Redskins, I think more likely it might be the Redskins that they lose to, surprisingly. Uh but if they lose to one of those teams, they're looking they're looking very at a wild card spot here, especially with Minnesota if the Bears can catch fire. Well I've been talking like a, a crap about uh Detroit here being seven to nine, but they could possibly make the playoffs too. They need to figure out how to stop the run. If they don't, mm. it could be a very big issue going into the, especially going into this stretch here. But even if they make the playoffs, there's a lot of running teams in the playoffs. I mean, the mm. playoffs. They're. I don't think they're going very well. They need. They need to be able to stop it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but hey, all right, we'll be back in just one second. Yeah. All right, and we're back to finish up this uh, recap with Baltimore and New England. All right, so. Yeah, so basically, uh, this is my takeaway from the game. 
I just I think is what I said when I was doing the predictions. I think they were going to throw a lot of formations at him to see what works and what didn't. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to playoff time, New England is going to probably beat them, and it won't surprise me. Uh, mm-hmm. I I I kind of see this happening. Like when I, I picked them, I picked Baltimore to win this game. Just for that reason, I thought Bill Belichick was like, we're going to bye week. It gives me a little bit of time to study up on uh, Lamar Jackson a little bit more, even after the game, see what he does, see what he doesn't do. Mm. This is a perfect spot for them to be in, especially because I don't know Kansas City's beaten them twice because there was some poor coaching decisions in that Kansas City game by John Harbaugh where Baltimore should have won that game. I think Baltimore probably beats Kansas City in the playoffs, and they may be looking at each other in the AFC Championship here. Yeah. Like, there's, like, uh, I don't know, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, Bill Belichick <laughs> is, gosh, man, I'm, I'm losing. All right, so Bill Belichick is going to be game playing for this uh, AFC Championship. In my opinion, which it looks like it's going to happen right now. Uh, AFC, like, possibly AFC Championship. And he's going to stop Lamar. He is. Uh, unless, I will say this, I will give it to the Ravens offensive line. They don't win these games this year mm. without them. Those are a bunch of molars up there. There's a bunch of, a bunch of nasty, three six, over like six foot three, 340 to 350 pound men just destroying D linemen. And that's where you're seeing his uh, success come from because he could give it to uh, Mark Ingram. Anytime he wanted to, mm. yeah, because, oh, yeah, and he gained uh, four to five yards each play. He he keeps it because he wants to keep him honest. Uh, but then again, it's Bill Belichick. We gotta see till playoffs though. We gotta see. It's can we see it in the playoffs? Can someone beat the Patriots in the playoffs? Mm. That is not named Tom Brady or Joe Flacco. And yeah. those two haven't been in the playoffs in a while. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see. But yeah, I. Uh, I'm not. If I'm a Patriots fan, don't be too worried about it. You're probably not even worried at all about going to get Tom Brady. <laughs> now you got Bill Belichick. We're going to win Super Bowl again. Like, good for you. Seventh one. Yeah. Embarrassment. I've never seen one. Yeah. I've seen it happened ways before I was born. And you, as a coach fan, only seen one. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, look. My takeaway from the game is. I was very impressed with what the Ravens were able to do. I mean, they mm-hmm. ran the football down the Patriots' throat. Yeah. Um. They were able to pass against his defense. And, yeah, they didn't pass for the greatest number of yards and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) Breaking pins and stuff, man. Um, They weren't able to pass like the great. They weren't like a 350-yard passing game. But I thought when they needed to make plays in in the uh, through the air with Lamar Jackson, they were able to do so. Mm -hmm. They were to make some big plays to Mark Andrews, to Marquise Brown. and keep the chains moving and things like that. So I was yeah. I was very impressed with the way Lamar played within the pocket against that kind of secondary, who I still think is the best secondary in the NFL. Um, but I think if you get a team that can run the ball effectively, that can that blocks effectively, that has big maulers up front, that can uh, that can push some people around, the Patriots can be in some trouble. And I mean, I mean, and look, who who's gonna guess that? Uh, Julian Edelman's going to fumble the football and it's going to re- be returned for a uh, for a touchdown. I, mean, I think that was a huge turning point in the game. It was. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it really 13 was. 13 to 24 at the time. And this is how the drive went. Uh, Brady incomplete. Brady to Edelman. Uh, Brady to Sanu. Brady to Sanu again. Uh, incomplete to uh, Sonny Michelle. Uh, pass to Edelman. Pass to Edelman. And then pass to Edelman another time, and then he fumbles it. They used Edelman way too much on that drive, and they were using him a lot in the first half of that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think Sanu had like 10 catches on the day. Mm-hmm. Something like Yeah, but Edelman was getting utilized so much on that drive and like the previous drive before that. He was exhausted. And I don't see New England fumbling that and doing that in the playoffs. I'll be no, shocked no, if they no. did that. No, uh, I mean, they, especially a guy like that, he usually doesn't make those kind of mistakes. Yeah. And, I, mean, but, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think come playoff time, the Patriots will be well, very well prepared to stop what the Ravens do. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to duplicate what Lamar uh, Lamar action, Lamar Jackson is hey, able to do. Jackson. 
Um, I mean, just his his ability to stop on it, like literally stop on a dime and then just change direction mm -hmm. and burst full speed into a sprint and make guys miss and just make make grown men that are insanely athletic look absolutely silly. You can't replicate that. And mm -hmm. I still think that is going to have a lot of factor into why the Ravens will, why this game, if they play next time in the playoffs, why this game will still be a close one. Yeah. Um, I just feel like the Patriots won't make as many mistakes. I feel like they're going to be able to slow down a lot of what the Ravens do on offense. And, um, and they'll be able to get the victory over the Ravens in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but this was, a, this was a huge win for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. This was a huge win for them. And look, if they can, if the Patriots lose another game or two and the Ravens can continue to be on a roll in the season like 13-3 and three or something like that and get home field advantage, that's huge, huge going into the playoffs. Because uh, New England usually doesn't play well in Baltimore. Yeah, uh, I just... Uh, yeah, it's it's more of those things like we got to see the playoffs. Like, is Brady going to throw interception again against this team? Uh, probably not. Uh, he usually doesn't do that unless it's he, unless it's Peyton Manning on the other side. Uh, so it's just I don't see this happening in the playoffs. But like you said, Lamar, it's hard to uh, duplicate what Lamar does. Uh, he has been phenomenal this year. He may be second or third in the MVP running. Oh yeah. But I think like the top. Uh, maybe three out of six because you had Rogers, you had Mahomes there. Uh, three out of seven, I should say. You had Watson, you had Brady in there. Uh, Brady, Watson, or not Brady, Brady, Rogers, Mahomes had taken hits. Like obviously Mahomes because of his injury, but these are bad losses for New England and Rogers. Uh, the place with Rogers, mm -hmm. uh, Green Bay. Those are those losses hurt those two's uh, MVP voting. I think, in my opinion, and this propels uh, Lamar. It's from an MVP standpoint, who I think is going to win MVP. And I think Lamar is very close with uh, Russell Wilson at the moment. Okay. Uh, they're not going to get the Christian McCaffrey because he's a running back. So we're just not going to count Christian. Uh, but Lamar and Russell, this would, that would be a fun Super Bowl to watch. Those two, two of the, most, uh, two of the best improvised, I think, uh, quarterbacks in the league. Mm. Uh could uh that would be a very fun Super Bowl to watch, but Lamar has to stay healthy. He does take some unnecessary hits sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, if he can avoid some of those unnecessary hits and stay healthy, Baltimore's gonna be a scary team. But yeah. New England will be prepared next time they play in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. So that wraps it up. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, I know some of the uh, explanations. As far as the hot seat, or the coaches in the hot seat was a little long for me. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's and, good. And things like that. But, again, we appreciate you guys listening, you know, tuning in. Um, you know, subscribe, you know, check us out, like us, comment, do whatever you got to do. Um, but we appreciate, you know, the people that do listen to this podcast. You know, again, we have fun with it. We enjoy it. Why, where can they find you? Uh, underscore Sparky, underscore four. And you can find me at VarsityGinger55, and that's both of us on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, until the next video, or until the next podcast, y'all. Yeah. Peace. See you.